On today's Locked on Jayhawks, previewing the first game of the NCAA tournament for the Kansas Jayhawks against the Howard Bison. You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Derek Johnson. You can hear me as well on Rock Chalk Sports Talk Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. on KLWN in Lawrence. Thanks for making Locked On Jayhawks your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get any of your podcasts. And on today's edition of Locked On Jayhawks, we're going to be previewing Kansas's first round game against Howard. Originally, I was going to try to release this Thursday morning, but because KU is playing a little bit earlier in the day, on Thursday at one o'clock. I wanted to give a, a full longer period of time for people to listen to it before the game actually happens. Now I will say I'm recording this officially on Tuesday to come out on Wednesday, which means uh, we have not heard from Bill Self, who is set to have a media availability at 1205 on Wednesday, but you know that we could learn some stuff from that. I don't know. We also don't know the status of Kevin McCuller. So if something happens where Bill Self isn't coaching or Kevin McCuller can't play and, and that's announced on Wednesday, then I'll probably drop in another little emergency pod, uh, maybe like a 10 or 12 minute kind of add on on Wednesday afternoon or something like that. Uh, but otherwise, if that stuff doesn't happen, then we're going to go forward with this stuff on the preview. First, though, this episode of Locked On brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started today. KU takes on Howard in the first round of the 2023 NCAA tournament. We'll get to our scouting report of Howard, finish up with our matchups. We start off with our top storylines of the game. I mean, obviously, the NCAA tournament in its own right, March Madness kicking off like it just creates its own storylines for the tournament itself. But I think number one coming into this specific game, into this matchup, has to be the status of Bill Self. The expectation, at least as of now, as I said, of, of recording, is that Bill Self will be back for KU. That's what Norm Roberts said after the game Saturday. That was reiterated by Kansas in a release on Sunday that they expect Bill Self back this week. Now, it wasn't totally clear whether, like, what does that mean? Does that mean he's back and he's helping them out with Scout and he's doing stuff behind the scenes? Is he allowed to be on the sidelines? Like, is there, you know, after undergoing uh, a medical issue, is there some sort of and they released all the, the findings and stuff with the stints being put in um, and a heart-related condition, is there a level of stress that he cannot take on where they told him he can't coach games? I, I don't know the answer to that, but the status of Bill Self is obviously important, and certainly it seems like the leaning is toward him coaching in the game, but again, we'll totally know on that more tomorrow. Uh, I think the number two on this is the status of Kevin McCuller, and I think in the case of of both of these, it's less about the Howard matchup specifically, and it's more about the long term of this team in the NCAA tournament, and specifically the possible second round matchup with either Arkansas or Illinois. If you don't have Kevin McCuller for Howard, you should still win the game. If you don't have Bill Self for Howard, you should still win the game. But the second round game, if you're playing a really talented Arkansas team who's top 20 in Ken Palm, or you're taking on Illinois, who's just outside the top 30, but is clearly talented and has a lot of athletic and switchable wings and some interesting pieces along that team. 
it's it's a lot harder if you don't have Bill Self, and it's definitely a lot harder without Kevin McCuller, with how thin this team is, that you know Norm Roberts can fill in for Bill Self and do an admirable job, as we've seen him do in pretty much all the games. I mean, they went, what, 6-1 and one with him as a head coach this year? But when you didn't have Kevin McCuller, it was a pretty sizable difference for you in that Texas game. So uh, the status of both those guys is certainly a big storyline. I'm kind of under the impression you're going to get both of them back this week. But again, kind of remains to be seen. Now, in the case of Kevin McCuller, could it be a situation where you say in, in the same vein as you did in the Texas game, hey, we're just going to rest him, not avoid any future injury. Do you do that with the Howard game? Or is that playing with fire? Because as much as you expect to, to beat a 16 seed, do you not want to even risk it when it is truly do or die in the NCAA tournament? Maybe they'll rest him, maybe not. Maybe he needs to shake the rust off. Maybe him having those five days off or six days off, whatever it'll be, is enough for him to be back. But those are certainly the biggest storylines for KU because they don't just, just go into this game. They go into the rest of the weekend and the NCAA tournament for KU moving forward. Uh, the next big storyline we have here, KU trying to avoid being the second team upended by a 16 seed, I guess. That's kind of a storyline because anytime you match up the 116s, it's like, you know, for the longest time it was, oh, are they going to be the first? Now that Virginia kind of ripped the Band-Aid off and lost to UMBC, who's going to be the second, right? You don't want to join that company. You don't want to be in kind of that embarrassing group. I don't expect this to happen, but, you know, anytime you're you're playing it, anytime you're lacing them up, you got to take it seriously so you're not that team. Uh, the next big storyline, KU starting their path as defending champs. Things have not gone well for defending champions in the NCAA tournament of late. You go back since 2002, so that gives you 20 different NCAA tournaments over 21 seasons because obviously 2020 was canceled with the uh, COVID year. So over the last 20 NCAA tournaments, only one team has defended their championship and, and been back-to-back -back national champions, and it's that Florida team from 06 to 07. And on top of that, that is the only team over the last 20 NCAA tournaments, that Florida team, to not just defend their title. That is the only team to even make the Elite Eight after winning the title. So the other 19 defending champs have lost in the Sweet 16 or earlier. That's a big hump for Kansas to overcome. It's been since 2015, or, or 2016, I should say, since a defending champ has even made the Sweet 16, though. So Duke won the title in 2015, made the Sweet 16 in 2016, and lost. Since that point, every defending champ has lost in the second round or earlier. I mean, that is, that, that's pretty incredible. So Kansas is trying to overcome that. Additionally, they're trying to be the first team since Florida to make the Elite Eight or to make Final Four back-to-back -back or, or to win a title. That said, I did also see a, a really good stat from uh, Curtis Seabolt, who, who works with A10 Radio in, in Kansas City. And this is interesting. This is a little more of an optimistic stat for the defending champs. Because a lot of times, uh, what's what's unique about that Florida team that went back-to-back, -back, this never happens anymore. They won a title, and like all of their starters came back. It was like Al Horford, Joe Kim, Noah, Corey Brewer. All three of those guys ended up being a first-round picks. I think, I don't know, Horford and Noah were top ten. Like I forget if Brewer was a, a lottery pick or not. All those guys came back. And then their other starters, like Torian Green and Lee Humphrey, like those guys came back too. That never happens. So this is unique for Kansas. But the thing is, a lot of those other teams who were defending champs 
ended up the next year being lower seeded. Like Baylor was one of the exceptions. Last year, Baylor was was a one seed, obviously, after they were defending champs. Like that Duke team that even made the Sweet 16, they were four seed the next year after winning a title. Uh, the Kentucky team wins a title and then they go to the NIT. Like a lot of cases, those teams took a big step back. With Kansas, they got a one seed this year, which hasn't always been the case. And so this is the stat that I was going to reference here uh, from Curtis Seabolt again. They're the 13th defending champion since the field has been expanded to 64 teams of the previous 12 six of them went to the final four that's 50 percent. that's an optimistic number there four went to the championship game 33 percent, and two won the title now the other six that did not make the final four all lost by round two so get over the first weekend hump get through round two and at that point the rest of the six all made the final four. But if you told me right now, Kansas has a 50% chance, which this stat would say, and obviously it's not a predictive stat necessarily. It's more of a results-based stat. But if you said you have a coin flip chance of making the final four, obviously you would take that on hundred percent because the tournament can be so weird and wacky. So KU trying to defend their path as, as defending champs is uh, certainly the big storyline here. I guess we'll throw in a Howard storyline, uh, hot Howard, so to speak. They've won 13 of the last 15 games albeit against MIAC competition, which is uh, not a very good conference. Um, I will say here is the performances they've had all season long, not just of late, against top 125 Ken Palm teams. Lost by 32 to Kentucky, lost by 26 to James Madison, lost by 23 to Belmont, lost by 46 to Yale, and then their closest, a loss by 10 to a VCU team who is now a 12 seed, but kind of struggled earlier on in the season, but they have won 13 of 15, so they're hot and they come into this game on uh, a bit of momentum. All right, let's get on to our scouting report of the Howard Bison uh, potential lineups to look to in that game in just a second. But first, this episode of Locked on Jay by FanDuel Sportsbook. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel. That is America's number one rated sportsbook app. New customers get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars you heard me right that's one thousand dollars three zeros in there that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app it's safe secure and it is super easy to use then you can bet on everything from money line to points scores to threes drained you can bet on the Kansas game right now Kansas is favored by 22 and a half points against Howard the over under is 145 and a half you can also bet on some of the uh, individual point totals and stuff this to me feels like a game that um, KJ Adams has a, a good game because I don't know you're not playing like a maybe they have actually good size like six ten and uh, at the center position but I don't know uh, against a smaller team like that could work I think Grady Dick gets it going in, in one of his first tournament games you can parlay KJ over ten and a half points Grady over fourteen and a half points pays off two eighty four if you like that bet FanDuel even lets you combine your chance at bigger payouts with same game parlays just like that don't miss your chance to win a no sweat to get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment more with FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NBA. We'll finish our matchups of the game, but first our scouting report of Howard. So the Howard offensive side of the ball, 
they are 204th in the country in offensive efficiency, but in MIAC only play, they were the, the second best team offensively in their conference. And the reason why is they shot lights out from three in conference only games. Howard shot 42.6% from three point range over the course of the season. They're at 37.2, which already ranks 31st in the country. If they would have shot that 42.6% overall for the full season. They would have been the best team in the country. So, um, they're a very good three-point shooting team. You have to be able to get out on them uh, and, and guard the three-point line. They're also a really good offensive rebounding team, 28th in the country in that number. Uh, they're 92nd in effective field goal percentage. That's because of the threes. But what's weird, they don't shoot a lot of threes. They're only 231st in the country um, in, in the amount of field goals they attempt from three. So for Kansas, just get out, guard the three-point line. They're not great at shooting twos. Um, they turn the ball over way too much like that's their biggest offensive bugaboo and that's something that Kansas should be able to exploit Kansas is 17th in the country defensively in steal rate uh they're 68th in turnover rate defensively Howard is 356th in the country in turnover rate offensively 357th in getting the ball stolen from them so they shoot threes really well guard the three-point line but they turn it over a little too much that's kind of the plus and minus for them on that end of the floor. They are kind of a deep team. They play a deep lineup, 52nd in the country in bench minutes, so that should be kind of a, a fun juxtaposition with the amount. I mean, they play double the bench minutes. 36.3% of their minutes come to bench. Kansas at 18.1. There's that little juxtaposition. On the defensive side of the ball, um, Howard is 212th in the country. Uh, Kansas is top 30 in the country. In conference only play, they were just kind of middle of the pack. Again, the MIAC, not like one of the better conferences. Um, overall for the season, one thing Howard has done well, it's kind of opposite of the offense. They turn the ball over way too much on offense. They force turnovers a good amount defensively. They're pretty good at getting steals. They're 54th in the country in turnover rate defensively, but they don't defensive rebound well. They foul too much, and they do not defend the interior very well. They're 206th in the country in two-point defense. So what that means for Kansas, they should have an advantage down low with guards driving. Hello, Jalen Wilson, big game. Hello, KJ Adams, big game. Hello, if Kevin McCuller is healthy and playing well, big game. Dewan Harris should be able to get some buckets on the interior. And KJ should be able to, I mean, as as much as we know KJ is not like a, a great defensive rebounder, KJ is a pretty good offensive rebounder. He should be able to grab a couple in a matchup like this um, against Howard. So uh, the biggest concern is Howard getting hot from three. Even if Howard goes like 10 of 20 from three-point range, though, this is a 16 seed, and because they do a lot of other things not well, you should be able to beat them. It wouldn't shock me if this is the type of game where Howard comes out swinging and they're hot and they hit a couple threes and all of a sudden they're up nine to four and Kansas takes an early timeout and then Kansas up ends up up you know 10 at half and, and pulls away and wins by 20 or something like that. If Howard's not hitting threes, Kansas should win this game by 30. But if they are, then it could make it a little more tense of a game. But again, I think Kansas should be okay unless something weird happens. It's not just that Howard has to go off from three, but you have to do something uncharacteristic for it to get to like sweat it out down the stretch moment. But otherwise, you should kind of be okay. As far as the uh, the lineups that Howard's going to throw out there, Elijah Hawkins is a really good guard for them. He's 5'11", kind of undersized guy. 45% from three-point range. He doesn't really shoot well from two, but he's the, the engine that makes them go. Um, he's the team leader in points per game. He's a good facilitator also. He's eighth in the country in assist rate. So uh, you, you look at that, and 
he can cause problems, but also the fact that he is their point guard and you have Dewan Harris defensively, I think makes you feel good about this specific matchup. Uh, along the wing, they're going to play like 6'5", 6'6", 6'2". Like Marcus Dockery will be 6'2 at the shooting guard, but maybe sometimes you can see like, you know, a little bit more size there. For the most part, they're going to play kind of too big, so to speak, like Jordan Wood at 6'9", Steve Settle at 6'10". They've got another six-foot uh a nine big man coming off the bench and Kobe Dixon, who's got good size to him as well. And um, you're going to see two bigs playing together for a little bit of time with those two guys. But two of those three bigs are very slight in terms of weight. So you can still kind of push around with them. But when they're not playing those two bigs together, they're going to play like a six, five or six, six wing at the four. So it kind of just depends what lineup specifically you're going to throw out for that specific mode. But again, the fact that you have Dewan Harris on their best player, I think makes you feel a little bit better about this. And as good of a three-point shooting team as they are, so Hawkins is 45%, but you go down the lineup of, of some of their other big players, like Shy Odom is at 18%, Jelani Williams is at 34 Jordan Woods at 37 Steve Settle is at 30%, Bryce Harris at 32 where a lot of the other guys that contribute for them are, you know, like 37% is really good for Jordan Wood, um, especially for a big man, but he's more of a stretch, you know, the one other guy is Marcus Dockery at 45%. Like somebody has to lock on him. I'd imagine if Kevin plays in this game, maybe he would be the guy that, that tries to lock up Marcus Dockery. Or maybe you tell, you know, Grady Dick, hey, you're a spot up shooter. Go defend another spot up shooter. But um, those are the two guys you really have to, to kind of cut off. But if you can, especially with Harris on Hawkins, then it's like, okay, great. Um, because a lot of your other three point shooters that have led to that high percentage are more closer to being like average three point shooters than mainly those two guys. All right, let's finish up here with our matchups of the game between Kansas and Howard with Locked On Jayhawks. First matchup we have here is ball handling against pressure, and this applies for both teams. Howard, as I mentioned, 356th in the country in turnover rate, 357th in getting the ball stolen from them. Meanwhile, defensively, Howard is 54th in the country in defensive turnover rate. For Kansas, you are a really good team at turning the opposition over. We know offensively this year that for the most part, especially when Kansas is clicking, they're not turning the ball over that much. And the reason why is Dewan Harris is engaged, confident, and playing really good basketball, and he's kind of spearheading that. But in general, when Kansas avoids high turnover games, when they can keep it around like 12 or 13 or below, pretty much win those games. When they get into trouble, a lot of their losses, you'll see them have 15, 16, 17 turnovers in a specific game. Have a good game here against Howard. Get off to the right foot. You want to see Dewan Harris bounce back after a tough game against Texas, especially taking care of the ball. He had as many turnovers as assists. So do that. And then on the other end, you know, take advantage of their weakness. Have a game where you do force 10, 11, 12, 13 steals and get out and run, get some easy baskets off of it to avoid being in the half court in a game like this, and you should be okay. Um, but if you do have that uncharacteristic game and you do have too many turnovers and they're hitting threes, that's where the game ends up being closer than maybe the experts think at that line of, of 22 and a half. Next matchup is KU defending the three-point line. Howard is at 37%, but again, over 42% in conference-only play, so they're hot right now, albeit against not great competition in the MEAC, where you don't have maybe as much length or physicality and stuff on getting out there, but that's the big key for games. Just get out on the three-point line. Put a hand in their face, because early in the season, when they lost to some of those good teams, like again, 32 points to Kentucky or 46 points to Yale, 
if you're able to get out and guard them from three, like you don't leave them wide open for three, you're going to be okay. It's a little scary off the Texas game where you left so many guys open, whether it was a wide open layup or an open three, and you don't know if Kevin McCuller's not here. Here's where the biggest part of this comes in because he is such a good team defender. But again, having Dewan Harris on Elijah Hawkins should help here. Um, just defend the three-point line. Don't let them take over. If they go, if they go even like eight of 20 from three, which is 40%, which is a really good mark, you can more than live with that because you should have an advantage in like every other avenue in this game. Uh, the next one is KU getting easy buckets. This is just kind of an in general thing, like self-scout type of thing. But they did against Iowa State. They shot over 60% on two-point shots. In the game they won against Texas in Allen Fieldhouse, they shot over 60% on two-point shots. But in the two games they lost to Texas, they were stifled at the rim. And that includes in the most recent game when they couldn't get easy buckets. So in games that opponents shoot 50% or less from two-point range, which would be a pretty good defensive interior game for Howard, they are 17-1. and one. So when they limit your easy buckets, they are 17-1. and one. In games that teams shoot above 50% from two-point range, Howard is 5-11. and 11. For Kansas, as I mentioned, you should be able to get driving lanes to the rim. You should be able to bully your way to the rim. Take advantage of it. Get easy buckets. Get to the rim. Get to the free throw line. Get paint touches. And that will also open things up for the three-point line. And you should be more than fine in this game. The last one we have is that player matchup, Elijah Hawkins versus Dewan Harris. If Dewan has another bad game like the Texas game and he's struggling defensively, that's how Howard makes this more interesting with Hawkins going off. But very much, I think you feel good that Dewan's going to bounce back and that he should be able to defend Hawkins very well. And that'll kind of cut the head off the snake, so to speak, and make things very, very difficult on them. I would imagine this is a game where it's not kind of switch everything, where it is kind of Dewan just sticks on Elijah Hawkins. Or if it is something they start switching early and then Hawkins starts torching you, then you switch it over to having Dewan just stick on him solely, but also having his facilitation, again, against the ball handling and the pressure of Howard. That is, without a doubt, the most interesting individual player matchup in this game all right we will uh, get to a first round recap either on uh, thursday after the game sometime later in the day or it'll be like early friday morning we'll also if they win the game get to a preview later in the week of the arkansas illinois game like i said if some news comes out on wednesday during that presser with bill self about either kevin mcculler or bill self's availability we'll try to throw in uh, an emergency pod with kind of the reaction to that and how it affects some of the things we just talked about on this episode of the show you can subscribe to us on youtube you can check us out wherever you get any of your podcasts you can find me on twitter at d johnson radio you can also listen to me on Sports Talk Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 on KLWN. Have a good one.